Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Kaysen. With me today, relationship life coach Cindy Chavez. This is your daily dose of happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. Sadly, Jackie can't join us today. She is dealing with construction workers, as she has been for the last few weeks. And we were talking about that before the show, Cindy. I feel for her. Me too. I mean, oh, putting up with that day in and day out. But you were just telling me how, because I guess because of the way the building codes are in Minnesota, there are limits to how long it's going to go. So hopefully she's going to be back really, really soon. Yes, I expect. I think they're. I think they have to be finished this week, so we can. Is it this week? Next week, yeah. Probably not soon enough from Jackie's point of view, but yeah. Uh, (laughs) I know that when they were doing construction here, um, it just happened to be right outside my office window. Oh, of course. And that jackhammer, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, even when you're not on a video call or on a telephone call, oh, yeah. working by yourself, it's just so nerve wracking to have that loud well, pounding noise. Because it penetrates everywhere. I mean, yeah. no matter where you are, it, it, it's almost like it's pounding into your brain after a while. Yeah, exactly. Those things are so loud. Oh. So loud. And so, I don't know how those guys can do it because it's rattling their whole body, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Not to be not good for your body. <laughs> well, maybe there's a reason why there's a stereotype about guys who do that. That's why, you know, they're, they're riding the jackhammer all day. It's like, oh, okay, I'm really all about stuff. <laughs> I'm glad that's not what I'm doing. Oh, God. Yeah. Hopefully um, it'll be over soon for her and she'll be back. That would be a great thing. So, uh, meanwhile, I thought, uh, we could just get the thing started today by just talking about some stuff, uh, going on with me. Cause as our listeners know, the gardening season is over. Yay. And I'm so excited about that. And, uh, I actually, uh, I think I may have told you last week, uh, during the middle of the week, I, I started to, to do my regular work for the day on the business and I was done by 10 a.m. and I, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> I wasn't used to that. Well, it's been a few days. Well, yeah, it is. But it's also been a few days. And now, okay, I'm I'm more used to it now. But boy, oh boy, did I jump quickly into a new project. I definitely did not want to be just sitting around in the off season. And I just just noticed that. And I bring that up because you in particular, you've mentioned a few times how we really need to learn to be human beings rather than human doings. And here I am jumping right into human doing again. <laughs> well, you know, when you're when you're feeling inspired to do something, um, I think you you know it's good for you to do it, right? I I mm. don't. I had this discussion with somebody recently, and it, it had more to do with um, what you were talking about, or maybe I don't know. It might not have been on the show. We might have just been talking about it off the air, but talking about. You know, that in April, 14 million people quit their jobs and then mm, right. that record was broken again. And then in August, that record was broken again. And they're calling it the great resignation. The great resignation. Yeah. Conversation that I was having with someone was that around, you know, the whole concept of laziness. Um, I think people oh. get exhausted and I think people sometimes uh, deal with depression, which are both situations where you may really want to be doing nothing. Mm. But if you are well taken care of and healthy and getting enough rest and, you know, then you, you will have the energy and desire and drive to be doing something. Um, it like, it isn't a human being's natural state to want to do nothing. True. <laughs> right. Yes. And so it's like, I think a lot of times people are, well, I mean, I've read lots of articles about the whole situation and people are tired of working themselves to exhaustion and mm-hmm. still not having the money to, you know, even meet their basic needs. So people are saying, you know what, I might as well be doing something I love and not meeting my basic needs. <laughs> I'll figure it out. Yeah. But yeah. I think that you're just, you're, you've got a lot of energy and you've got a lot of ideas and you know, Hey, I saw your human design chart. You're a manifesting generator. You're like ready. To go. <laughs> you got me figured out already. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. 
That's really good, though. That's true, too. Um, I, I have to tell you the, the story that came to my mind. And I'm not even sure if it connects in, but when you were talking about the Great Resignation, it's what made me think of it. Uh, because one of our, we, when we shut down for the year, we collect all the tools from the employees because we supply the tools to them. So we had our tool collection day on Monday. And uh, when one of them dropped by, she, she's a real card. She's really a fabulous person. But she's just she, she's a character, and, and she's fun as a result. Anyway, she turns her tools in and she starts telling me the story about this one customer that we do regular maintenance on. Um, the customer is the wife of a doctor in a very prestigious area, really nice home, all that kind of stuff. And she was complaining apparently because we weren't coming every single week to do the gardening. And, and when this, when our gardener said to her, well, why? I mean, we, we come into like a half hour's worth of work. Why keep coming every week? Why not come every other, you know, every two weeks or so? And, and she was just all put out about that. And Pam, uh, I don't want to name names. The gardener laughed about that. And the reason she laughed about it is because not one week before, as she was closing that customer's gardens out, she overheard a customer, the customer, I think it was on the phone. No, no, it was an in-person conversation or a Zoom conversation, something like that, through the window of the house where the customer was saying to her friend, what is it with these people that are so entitled? And here's this <laughs> woman who has never done a day's work in her life, living off of her husband's income, and she's accusing other people of being entitled. I thought, that is pretty amusing because, <laughs> you know, it's the pot calling the kettle black in a, in a different kind of way. I, I'm, But the truth is, like you say, most people who are quitting are quitting because they just don't like the way, the way they're being treated. They don't like the pay that they're getting. They don't like the, the way the employers behave in many cases, and they're paying the price for it. We, we haven't had any trouble with that in our business. I mean, because we pay people well, we treat them well, and so forth, so they keep coming back. But you know, the companies that have kind of tried to get by with duh, underpaying and, you know, not really having the best employee treatment plans and all that kind of stuff. They're finding, oh my God, all of a sudden they're not, the people aren't putting up with it anymore. And you know what the most interesting part to me, from my point of view is the vast majority of people who are involved in the great resignation are women. Does that surprise you? Not surprise. It's fascinating. <laughs> um, you know, I have a lot to say about this, but I won't say it today. But <laughs> um, <laughs> no, that's right. We can we can bend rules a little bit. <laughs> well, it's, it's one of it's one of my you know soapboxes um, is the whole idea and situation of unpaid labor. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like I'm I'm gonna jump. I know nothing about these people, but jumping to the defense of saying that a woman who's a wife um, has never worked a day in her life. If she keeps the house, then she's working. If she's doing laundry, then she's working. If she's cooking, then she's working. If she's raising children, then she's working. That's and fair. so, so the idea that came to me the other day that I was like, of all of my research on this, I've written articles about this. I've spoken about this. I've read about it. Um, I never thought about this one thing. And it was that the, concept or framework or whatever we want to call it of a 40 hour work week was built on the assumption that someone else would be doing all the cooking, the cleaning, the errand running, the child. Fair point. Fair and point. so <clears throat> when we look at that and we think, you know, however long ago that occurred, which was a long time ago <clears throat> before I was born. Um, now we've got a situation where people are expected, many people to expected to not only work 40 hours a week, but also do all those things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And whether they're male or female, you know, but talking about women, you know, quitting, it's like, well, if they're, when the pandemic happened, and I know I have, I have clients that work 40 hours a week or more, also keep a house. And then we're expected to be like homeschooling their kids too. And it's just mm -hmm. like, impossible for one person to do that much so i can understand how so you know in i i decided that in cindy land you know in my economy cindy land um, <laughs> we would definitely text the billionaires um we would cut the human hour work week to 20 hours a week because we have so much automation technology robots you know microwave yes. ovens all these things that we're supposed to make life easier and that work so much faster and so that's supposed to give humans more time and spaciousness but it it hasn't it's just it's just made humans be able to produce more in this in the same hour of time right so 20 hour work week um <laughs> and 
everyone gets a basic income and carers, regardless of gender, but carers that do all the work that remains unpaid um, also get a supplement for that or a subsidy for that because, mm, okay. right? Because if you think about the way our economy works, um, there are certain things that are in the, you know, the, the national product that are counted, right? Um, drug dealing. <laughs> no, I mean, those things are counted in the economy. Oh, I know. Yeah. Which is child raising and cooking yeah. dinner and cleaning house and doing laundry and gardening and all these things that people do, you know, taking care of their elderly relatives, all the things yeah. that they do without being paid are not counted in the That's GDP. True. And so um, I would change a lot of things. <laughs> I can tell. Yeah. You're very passionate about it. I, I do want to add one particular point that might illustrate the point a little bit more clearly with this customer I was talking about, because like I said, her, her husband's a doctor. They're very wealthy. I don't think she does the laundry. I don't think she does the, the cleaning. She has such, she has a long line of people who come in to do all the things for her all day well, so long. She's managing, she's contracting and managing all the workers. So, <laughs> okay. We'll give her a little credit for that. But on the other hand, she's got the attitude too. And that's what makes me think, okay, well, why have the attitude? Because what the attitude is saying is, well, that person's not behaving the way that I want them to behave. Right. And I think that, you know, when we talk of any kind of entitlement, it, it always goes hand in hand with some kind of privilege. And, you know, as someone who has some levels of privilege, I understand that it's just most of the time we don't see our own privilege because it's like the water True. women as fish. Yeah. You know, we just don't, mm -hmm. we don't see it. And I think it's good that people are talking about it and that yeah. people are trying to see, you know, what they haven't seen before. And I think that all of this is going to, no, not going to, I think it already is leading to some big shifts, you know, after you. Oh, no doubt. That, yeah. I had not even heard that term because I'm telling you after the last, um, after our last president was in office for those years, I, I just, I, after it was over, after that was over, um, I kind of stopped watching the news so much. Cause I, I think some people, I think a lot of people did actually, that was, that was an exhausting election cycle for a lot of people. So that doesn't surprise me. And, well, it was, it was sort of like, um, whether, you know, wherever you stand politically, it was, I think it was the busiest four years as far as. Yeah. Things happening and things that felt important and things that felt like you had to know about them or else, you know, I don't know what. It's like things won't stop if I stop watching the news. But I think a lot of us were sort of on the edge of our seat every day wondering what's happening today. And and after that, you know, that. Um, well, especially when it, when it finishes up with a pandemic, just to kind of top things off, you know. It was, oh, my it was, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> After that term, right, I was like, oh, and I noticed that I, I just wasn't checking as much. And so when you said, oh, yeah, they're calling it, you know, the great resignation, I knew that a lot of people, you know, without even watching the news, just from and, you know, I've been locked down pretty tight since the mm -hmm. beginning of the pandemic. So but just with the little bit that I do go out and sometimes it's just I'll go on an errand with my husband just to get out and be in the car, right? Because yeah, I don't sure. go home office, so I don't have to go anywhere if I don't want to. But I was just noticing signs, help wanted signs. Yes. Out in front of restaurants and on marquees and at the grocery store. And oh, yes. And so I was like, hmm, what's going on here? And then, you know, I started kind of looking at some of the articles. And that's when I got that number just this week. Because you had mentioned that term to me, and I, I, I just searched for it and said, what comes up? <laughs> and it was like, yeah, millions yeah. I mean, when you say it's 3%, because it's about 3% of the workforce that have basically quit over the last year, I think it was, which doesn't sound like a whole lot. But I when you I say, okay, well, maybe the number has changed. I haven't looked at it in a while. I know what it was. It was, it was, maybe that's true. 3% of the workforce. And I think it was 7% of like the service industry. That would make sense. Yes. Hotels, restaurants. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, but even there, even seven, seven doesn't sound all that big until you realize that the workforce is something on the order of, what is it, a hundred million people or something like that. I mean, it's a huge number of people. You, you look at it that way, it's like, oh, yeah, those are fairly significant numbers going on. Right yeah. And I think and to bring the conversation back to where we started, it's like some, you know, I heard someone saying, 
well, you know, people don't want to work, right? And I was like, no, so that's not, not it. True. So <laughs> not people don't want to be underpaid, overworked, and mistreated. That's yeah. what they don't want. But regardless, look at a little child. You know, we have these sayings that we say about children when they when they start to walk and even start to crawl. Like all of a sudden, oh my gosh. For the for the parents that are caretaking, right? Oh no, the baby's crawling because that means that <laughs> never going to get a break now. Because why? Because energetically, we are made to want to go and explore and do That's things true. and build things and create things. So yeah, we don't want to lay around and do nothing unless we're exhausted mm-hmm. and depleted. And depressed. good word, yeah, depleted. I especially like depressed. Sure, yeah, that. I think we're familiar with that one, but depleted, we don't really touch on that one a lot. And that does happen a lot. A I think lot that's of people it. can become depleted. I think that's the word, right? You think because, that's the one? You know, as, um, okay, so uh, just a thing that comes into my mind from the human design um, aspect is that 70% of people are generators. Mm-hmm. Half of those generators are manifesting generators, but you're still generators, meaning that that sacral motor is on. And one of the things they say for generators is that you really need to go to bed tired. So to sleep well, you need to expend that energy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. And so I think, okay, we are made to have this cycle of, you know, at the end of the day, it's okay to be a little bit depleted because if you're resting well, then you're going to wake up refreshed and ready to go. Right. But when you're depleted over a long period of time and chronically not getting enough rest or enough nutrition, or you have long-term stress and either, either low level pain in the body or mm-hmm. like continual, like minor financial stress, you know, like it doesn't have to be that they, repoed your car and you foreclosed on your house. I mean, that's really terrible if those things happen, but just the the week to week stress of like, am I going to make enough to do this? That's depleting. And over time, you may need a long time to rest if Mm -hmm. you get in that situation. Mm -hmm. I think there's also um, the, uh, I guess I'll call it the self-esteem factor. I think what's happening among other things is that, how does this may sound, the great resignation is an indication of an increase in self-esteem. Yeah, self-worth. Self-worth. Right. Because we, we and this is something that shows up in the human design chart, so I talk about it a lot with clients, but this idea that we have attached our sense of worth and self-worth to doing, mm-hmm. and it's so big, it's so prevalent everywhere, and it's prevalent in like the accolades that we give to people who do a lot, mm-hmm. right? It's like, sure. and, and it starts when we're children, you know, we tell our parents, I did this and I did that. Oh, good for you. That's so good. Look at you, you know? And like, we talked about this before on the show, finishing things. Oh, good girl. You finished your dinner. You finished, oh, yes. your dinner, you finished your homework, you, fin-, you know? So it's like doing things really is attached to our value of ourselves, and yet it's not we we are valuable because we're human beings Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. our value is intrinsic and when we start attaching it and this is really tough for people like you know well people that don't have a lot of energy because they're always comparing themselves to people that have a lot of energy Like if I don't, if I can't do as much as this person over here, that's getting all the praise and accolades because they're the energizer bunny and boy, oh boy, (laughs) can they produce, then something must be wrong with me or I'm not as valuable. And so that's got to change. And you're right. That is a great catch. Oh yeah. 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 People are finally, I think they finally reached the the end of their tether in many cases. I'm just not going to put up with the same more. It's like the old movie from the 1980s network. I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. That, that's that's pretty anymore. much what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed that that happens, you know, it's kind of like that pendulum swing, but we get to that point where we, and we've talked about the um, Abraham Hicks emotional scale. Mm-hmm. I've talked about the, you know, Bruce Schneider's uh, energy leadership energy scale and right. how they're, they're right. They go right hand in hand. There's no, you know, animosity between them they they commit they connect but it's that victim energy at the very bottom which 
I'm not sure what's at the very bottom of the Abraham Hicks emotion. Depression. Okay. So same, it's right there. It's at the bottom apathy. Um, and that, that again, that's interesting because that points to that sort of place where legitimately, legitimately, we don't want to do anything. Mm -hmm. Apathy. We're apathetic. We, we don't have a motivation or an inspiration or a drive to do anything. And depression shows up like that. Yes. And, when you finally have had enough of that sometimes is where you hit the next level of energy or the next step on the emotional ladder. And that's, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. That's the conflict energy of like, okay, I, I can't stay down here anymore. I've got to do something about this. And you're right. That's probably collectively where uh, I think so. people are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And well, and add on what happened during the pandemic, because you mentioned seven percent service workers. You know, mm-hmm. there are a lot of people in that industry, but a large chunk of them are restaurant restaurant workers. Mm-hmm. Um, also, people who were considered to be essential workers in many cases during uh, the height of the pandemic. Right, gas stations, grocery stores, restaurants, mm-hmm. and all the and all of the people who are driving. Um, the people who are delivering groceries, right. delivering food and the Uber drivers and Lyft drivers and all those taxi drivers, you know, all those people that are essential. And I think that's the thing is that suddenly they realized and everyone else realized that they're essential. Which was, I think, part of why they have they have that increased self-love, self-esteem, because they kept being told, thank you, thank you, thank you. We appreciate you. And the message got through. how about that the message got through they say okay well we're not going to settle for peanuts anymore yeah i think it's i think it has to happen oh definitely yeah it had to give i don't think there's any way to avoid it probably not comfortable right but i mean big changes never are and well it's only going to be uncomfortable for somebody who thinks that they deserve to be able to pay people bottom dollar See, there's a mindset, and you know this, you're, you're a business owner. I'm a business owner. We know what that's like. Yeah. It, when you have the mindset of wanting to pay only bottom dollar, you have a mindset of poverty. You may not think of it that way, but you really do. Yeah. And I can say that from personal experience because I used to have that mindset, and guess what? It put me in poverty. And there, yeah. uh, there's, a, there's a direct connection there, and I know yeah. that connection. It took, yeah. took, it took a few years for it to happen, but it happened. It isn't until you start demonstrating your value for the people that you're hiring that your own value increases. Yes. One, one leads to the other. Yes. No, that's, that's absolutely true. And so that's why I think this is so important for this to happen. And you know, who, who is going to lose out? I don't think anybody. I don't think so either. (laughs) I think everybody wins here. Right. I think it's a win-win. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy to see it happen. And you know, I know a lot of people that work in that industry mm-hmm. and they're some of the hardest working people, if not oh, the yes. hardest working people that I know. Mm-hmm. Um, they are not lazy. They are no. not, it's not nobody wants to work. You know, it's like they're, they're just not, they work so, so hard and, um, be great to see everything shift to where they were being compensated for their hard work. And, and we will see it. Uh, I mean, I mentioned restaurants. Restaurants is one of the first places we are, where we are going to see it. Restaurant prices are going to go up. That is mm-hmm. just going to happen. It's okay. This is not the end of the world. <laughs> this is a good thing. Well, you know, it's interesting. When I went to Europe, you know, I think travel is really important. I wish I could travel much, much more. I, I wish I have been able to even, you know, in the past, I wish I had a lot more different places under my belt, different places mm-hmm. to experience. Because when we see how things are in other places, it opens up our mind and it expands sure. what we know is possible. And when I was in Europe, you know, growing up here and living my entire life in the United States, um, you know, restaurant workers are paid like nothing. And they live on tips mm-hmm. and many people have the attitude of, well, too bad for them. If, you know, if this, I don't have to, I shouldn't have to pay these employees. They're not my employees. And so they are terrible tippers. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I've, I've really, I've heard people say that, well, then their boss should pay them more, whatever. I, it's not on me to pay them. And when you go to Europe, um, the restaurant workers there do not, they all get paid a, an actual wage. They don't they do. And if you tip them, you tip them a coin and it's, it's like, 
it's like a happy, shiny, thank you, you were so great. It's a compliment. It's just mm-hmm. giving them a compliment. It is not subsidizing their wages, right? Right. And so things can be different and actually <laughs> They can, yeah. And and I think they will be. I don't think there's any way to avoid that. And I think it's a good thing. That's you know just the way stuff evolves. The the other thought that comes to my mind is the people who do work in this country where tips are a significant portion of, of their income, for me anyway, they're getting the benefit because what happened during the height of the pandemic really kind of made me rethink the way I tip. My, my tips used, used to be in the range of like, you know, maybe 15, 18%, something like that, sometimes 20. I now routinely tip 25% and I'm thinking about going to 30 just because I realized, you know, they really do rely on their tips. That's, that's a major part of their income. I had, I just hadn't thought about it before. I hadn't given any consideration. Having family members and also kids in the restaurant industry, both of my kids are in the restaurant industry. So, um, I've, I've thought about that for a long time. And one of the things that I always think about is, you know, if I, especially if it's just me, or if I was going out to eat with someone and it was, I was just paying for my part of the bill, right? Like typically speaking, the difference between, you know, a 15% tip and a 25% tip is a few dollars. Yeah. It's not a huge amount. It's not it's true. $50, you know, right. it's like maybe five if I'm somewhere amazing. So it's like, for me, I always thought that, you know, these, these extra $2, I will never miss them. But if everyone did this for this server, they would have a really good day, right? It might, it might change their life if everyone started doing this. So I always encourage people to really be a big tipper because it's just going to come back to you, right? By the like, way, I, I got to throw this out too, because it, it almost isn't even relevant to it, but in a sense it is because most people don't know what the real origin of the word tip is. Yeah. Do you know what, where tips come from? I, I think you told me this before. Okay, so yeah. This, but I can't remember. So what is it? it? It's an acronym. It's an acronym that stands for to ensure pop, proper service. Oh, and tip, okay. a, a true tip is, at, we know we don't do this, of course, but a true tip is supposed to be given in advance oh. before you get the service. Got and it. I actually learned this from my wife who used to many years ago, uh, she was a ski bum. She worked at a ski area and she worked in restaurants and so forth. And she was first introduced to this by a patron who came up to her. And now this was like circa late seventies, early eighties to give you an idea of the time frame, So you can also imagine, you know, the equivalency of the dollars. And, and she, and I guess he gave her a $25 tip. So today's money, that's probably somewhere around 50 to $75. Mm-hmm. And in that, with that tip, he said, just make sure my coffee cup is never empty while I'm here this week. And I guarantee you his coffee cup was never empty that <laughs> week. <laughs> funny that you say that because when I said it will come back, you know, that's kind of twofold because I'm not really just talking about good service, right? Like we go to certain restaurants and the servers know us because we're Mm -hmm. customers and they treat us really well. And, and I don't think it's just because we tip well, I think it's also because we like them and we're, you know, we, we are kind, right? Um, That's well, that's in my mind, that's part of a tip. How do you treat your server? And so I think that, but I think it also comes back to you in the way that you said earlier is that, you know, going into a place and buying something and getting the absolute cheapest one, when the difference between the cheapest one, you know, a box of salt, right? It's like 89 cents or 95 cents. When we're at that place where sometimes we don't have the money and we we make sure we we're just buying what we can, but other times we're making a choice. And you were talking about that lack mentality, mm-hmm. right? And so the lack, the lack mentality in the cheapest tip you can get away with or not tipping at all, if you can afford to tip, that's what comes back because that's the vibration. That's right. So being generous and recognizing that, you know, an extra few dollars is really going to make a difference for this person. And I'm not worried about it. Like we were talking about, I think last week, trusting our abundance, right? Mm -hmm. Living our abundance, knowing that I'm going to have everything I need. Yeah. My source isn't outside of me. Like it's, it's my vibration. So if I can trust that I'm going to have everything I need, 
then I can certainly tip this person in a bigger way. Yeah. And I don't know. It always feels really good to do that. It does. It feels really, really good. It, it especially feels good if you have a history. Now, I, I've never tipped badly. I, I always tip right in the range of what was you know generally considered socially acceptable and so forth. But I do recall that I can't say never. I do recall one time when I was very, very young in my early 20s and money was really, really tight and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I would give like a 10 percent tip. And that was definitely at the low end of the range. Um, but then that changed pretty quickly. But just even recently with the change because of the pandemic, that's really what kind of opened my eyes sort of sort of and said, OK, yeah, these people need to have some more money. Let's put some more money in their pockets. I found that unexpectedly, just like what you were just saying, just giving that extra money not only didn't hurt, it actually felt good. Yeah. It actually, it actually felt like, wow, I, I mean, I feel proud. I, I actually feel wealthy making that that larger percentage tip. Like, and, and, and like you said, it didn't hurt at all. And I, I didn't even notice the difference really, but all of a sudden I felt like a, I, I'm a good tipper now. <laughs> and it's a very big difference. It's a big difference from being an average tipper. It really yeah. is. Well, you know, we talk all the time about this. And when Jackie's here, we talk about it a lot because it's uh, her, you know, twist on uh, vibration is acting as if, and she has the acting skills to, you know, to teach us how to do that. Oh, yes. It's part of stepping into that persona. And like, I mean, do I want to be a great tipper? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And for one, for me, it's for one very good reason. When I feel like I'm a big tipper, I feel more wealthy. Yes, exactly. That, that's, <laughs> that's it. Point. Yeah. It feels good. I feel yeah. rich, right? <laughs> I feel rich. Yes, exactly. Um, and it's, I remember one time, I think we did this a couple of times. We took either 20 or $50 and we, we just cashed it out into $5 bills. So we had a handful of $5 bills and we just gave them to people. Mm-hmm. Um, like just on the street, just walking down the street, you say, here, have a great day and hand somebody a $5 bill. <laughs> it's so funny because it's $5. You know, you can't buy a whole lot with $5. Mm-hmm. Like you can't even buy a, a paperback novel for $5 anymore, right? It's, it's yeah, $11, it's true, right? <laughs> it's like, you, you can buy a coffee with $5 for sure. Yeah, maybe and, a candy bar if you're lucky. <laughs> but, the, but the response that we got, we did it one day, and the response that we got was like, "You," I said to my husband, you would think that we were handing out like $100 bills. <laughs> people were so shocked and so grateful, and they would like, oh, my God, you know, and they would get a big smile on their face. And we went in. We went into the place where we always get coffee, and, of course, we always tip the barista, and we had – paid with a debit card so the tip was on the on the debit card so we had bought a coffee and paid for it and tipped and then we were getting ready to leave and I turned around and I handed the barista a five dollar bill because I still had one I said oh here this is for you and and he was like what are you kidding it's it's so funny right it's like you want to bring some joy into your life and feel rich for 20 bucks you know just hand out a few five (laughs) dollar (laughs) bills I love it. What a great exercise. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and it's a very high, high vibration thing to do. It feels super good and it's generous. We, we were talking a few minutes ago. Uh, we're, we're getting into the controversial territory, which I think we should do more often here on the show. It, it, was, good. <laughs> it was a good vibe. Um, but uh, you, you were explaining some of the things that you're in favor of and so forth. And it made me think one of the things that I've been uh, kind of contemplating as I figure out what I want to do now that the gardening season is over and we've got this, you know, off season break going on. Cause I immediately had to jump into doing something right away. So, uh, I had just finished doing the, um, law of attraction world summit that uh, Selena Dorsey put on and very interesting. It was, you know, it was a fun experience. Um, a few of us who were on it compared notes. It was a little bit odd because one of the things that she does is she interviews you. And then as you're talking, she, gives you full screen and you wonder, well, where'd she go? Is she still there? I <laughs> so heard, kind of fun. I heard several people <laughs> talking about that. <laughs> that was really something. But anyway, it was a good experience. Um, and afterward, um, I, I learned from her that she was offering, you know, with all these these kinds of conferences and summits and so forth, they always have, you know, back-end offers and so forth. And mm-hmm. I usually just ignore them. But in this case, she said she was going to be teaching people how to do summits. And I thought, well, that's a cool skill. I like that skill. Mm-hmm. And that'd be a good one to have. So, 
I checked into it and I, and well, I told a funny story that's associated with it yesterday. I'll, I'll tell it here briefly. Um, I, I wasn't feeling flush with cash. So I said, you know, I'd, I'd pay like, you know, maybe $500 to do something like that. And it turns out the price was a thousand dollars to do it. I said, Oh, okay. Well, all right. I want to do this. I'll do it anyway. It turned out I had an affiliate link and I got $500 back. So I ended up paying $500 for it. But, but, but the point is I, I decided to start doing it because I figured that, you know, that's something maybe that I could do for myself and, and for maybe it's a way to expand what we're doing with LOA today. Um, because I've always wanted to find a way to help people who wanted to learn the wealth side of abundance to start applying it in their lives, mm -hmm. to start taking that inspired action that we talk about. And I, I just keep thinking, is there some way that I can introduce people to like easy ways that they can go into a little business to get something started and, and get a feel for the flow of it and so forth? Because I think a lot of it is more just you know the fear of getting in and do I have the skills for it and can I afford the money and you know blah 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 just the whole right. list of fears that we get in the way. So just anything I was just I just often think about what can I do to help get people who are kind of on the edge there over the edge. Um so I figured well maybe I could start doing summits. Maybe that might be a way to draw people in and kind of you know bring in speakers who could show them here's how you get a business started and all this kind of thing. So I started doing her course and her course is really very, very good. It's very hands-on. Um, it's not, it's not like a video course. Well, I mean, it is a video course in the sense there's, there's videos to watch, but you also have group coaching with her. So you can ask her questions anytime you want to and so forth. So it's really good. But as I'm doing it, I'm realizing a few things. First, I'm realizing the value, something I already knew, but, but you, but you, I think you experience it anew each time, realizing the value of having someone to talk to when you're learning something new. Mm -hmm. It's a really, really big deal. And the reason I mentioned that in the context of what I'm talking about here is I think it's also true for somebody who is kind of trying to figure out how to get over the edge of, oh, let's try to do a business. Let's try to get something started. You really need to have somebody to talk to. Because mm -hmm. having that somebody to talk to is probably more valuable than any book you can read, any course you can take. Because you just, they're, they're, they're the so-called stupid questions that you need to ask. You just have to ask them and you have to ask them of somebody who knows what they're talking about. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it sounds like part of what you're talking about is, is having a mentor. It's a mentor, right? That's exactly right? what that is. Or a yeah. coach. I mean, yeah. just being able, like one of the things I learned to do when I was training for, to be a coach was brainstorming. Mm -hmm. And that sounds like what you learned how to do that. But <laughs> It's like look, brainstorming with someone, which is different than coaching, but it's really valuable. And, you know, we can't do that. Sometimes we can't do it as well by ourselves because right. to be able to bounce ideas off someone and, and, and have those questions answered. You're right. I mean, it's a valuable thing to be able to have a mentor, have someone that knows the answers to your questions, whether they seem stupid to you or not. Um, you know, there aren't any stupid questions. Right? No, not really. No. Yeah. But so, they feel like it does because, well, you know, I don't want to have to ask the question. It'll look stupid if I do. <laughs> well, you know, every time I've been in a group and I've had some question and didn't want to answer it because I thought it kind of felt stupid and mm -hmm. went ahead and answered it, someone has thanked me after. Thank you for asking that. I was wondering that too, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, after that happened a few times, now I, if I have a question, I just go ahead and ask whatever. <laughs> Yeah, I've gotten mostly to that point. I find I still hold back a little bit sometimes, but I'm not quite sure. I mean, this may be rationalizing. I don't know. I'm not sure if it's because I'm holding back because I'm not really feeling comfortable about asking the question or because I just want to hear what the whole thing is that the person has to say before I ask anything. That may be just a rationalization. I'm not sure. But <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes your question gets answered without you having to ask. Well, that's true. And, well, that's the advantage of the group approach. Um, I, I know you've done groups. I, I know this is a group approach that I'm doing with this one. Um, I'm in the, I'm, I'm still finishing up the Taya boot camp. That's also a group approach. And, and that is the value of the group approach. One person gets a little help and everybody else says, Oh yeah, I wish I should have thought right. that. yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, really valuable. So anyway, this is just part of the overall kind of internal dialogue slash conversation I've been having with myself about how can I help people who want to get over that hump? 
who want to kind of find some way, who 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 finally come to realize that yes, you can sit back on your couch and and attract money into your life, but you get a whole better stream if you go out and do something with some inspired <laughs> action after you get the idea. Because that that's that's a challenge. That's a yeah. tough place. That's yeah. a tough place to be in. Well, I think that you know, I always go back to. I think it was Esther Hicks that said, um, you know, if you are focused enough, you probably can go to McDonald's and manifest a five course meal, but it's yeah. just easier to go to the five, five star, star restaurant, restaurant right. <laughs> and just pay for it. Right. Exactly. And that's the thing is that I think we actually sometimes waste a lot of time and energy trying to get things to quote, quote, manifest. Mm. Um, when we could just, you know, take some action and let it unfold. <laughs> yep. Mm -hmm. Like there's a difference. So I think it takes both, right? It's like take some action that could work regardless of your mindset and then point your magic wand with your focus and your mindset and all of your identity at that plan and let them work together. Mm, yes. Exactly. I think it's a great way to describe it because ultimately it really isn't all that much fun. I mean, yeah, it's kind of fun. It's a kind of a good party trick. It's kind of a good conversation icebreaker kind of thing to say, well, I manifested $500 out of thin air. You know, that, sure. Yeah. But all day, every day that gets old really fast. Like you said, we, we don't come onto this earth to sit on couches all day long. We, we, well, we, we can't really, we, we don't really come here to be, you know, discouraged and broke yeah. and, you know, depleted either that's right that's right yeah. yeah so it's it's putting putting some things into action to where you're using your energy in a way um that benefits you and everyone else i mean that's my thing is i of course i you know if i look at my human design chart my life purpose is caring and nurturing other people mm -hmm. um and what's interesting is that it has to be done from a place of me being fully cared for and nurtured first. And I didn't know that for the first half of my life. So I depleted myself caring for everyone else. Ah, oh, okay. Yes. Right. Which ended up just making me feel resentful. Right. Yeah. But when I recognized that if I care for myself and make sure that I'm getting cared for well, um, then I have what I need to care for other people. So whatever, you know, whatever I'm doing, I'm like right there with you. I've been brainstorming this too. It's like, I want, I want the things I do to be helpful for other people. Yeah. Right. And not at the expense of my energy or my well being. Right. But I want it to be a win win. Like that's yeah. really important to me. So I think that more and more people are feeling this too. And as we're going forward with this, with everything shifting in our world, um, we're pointing our attention and our focus and our awareness really to be open to opportunities. Like, you know, with, with my human design being a projector, I'm, I'm supposed to wait for an invitation. So mm -hmm. I told Jackie the other day, I'm going to just speak it out and say it. Like I want some cool invitations. <laughs> I want, some invitations to do some cool things, right? <laughs> well, okay, I'll, I'll take advantage of this then because I'm not sure. If, I'm kind of hesitantly planning in a vague sense where where I could do my first summit through this course I'm doing. Uh, so I'm going to invite you right now. Would you be a speaker at my my first summit? Yes. <laughs> so there we go. <laughs> now, see, the other part of my design that I'm supposed to do is I'm actually supposed to say to you, let me sleep on that. <laughs> let me sleep on that, right. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll let you sleep on it and I'll I'll try back you next week. week. <laughs> <laughs> Marks me down as a yes. <laughs> Check. <laughs> Oh, but that's, that's fun. That's, that's great. I mean, that's where I want to see everything go. You yeah. know, I yeah. have a, I have a drive to support people in people that are, you know, needing support. And, uh, I love to see it happen. And I think, you know, you were talking about helping people 
in their wealth mindset. And just the conversation that we've had here today, one of the things we talked about was tipping, you mm -hmm. know, and, you know, you may be in a place where you're not wealthy. Um, I, I, I'm, you know, I've been in that not wealthy place for most oh. of my life and I, I don't really consider myself wealthy now. Right. It's like, <laughs> um, like we always used to joke. No, um, Elon Musk is wealthy, right? <laughs> Bill Gates. Um, but when you go somewhere and you eat somewhere and you're paying a tip and your tip is, you know, you figure it out in your mind and, oh, my tip is $5. We'll make it six. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's like, that's one way to start increasing your yeah. wealth mindset is just give a little more. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, if I'm, you know, using a percentage, I'll, I'll take a calculator off of the phone, right? And punch in the, the bill and punch in 25% and it comes out with a dollar and cent and then I round it up. Yep. Always Same round thing. up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the same idea. Yeah. So, I mean, there are little things that you can do that you can do now. You know, that's one of the things that I think most of us coaches anyway, I hope, uh, try to do with clients is figure out how you can start today mm -hmm. and not, you know, later when you have more, like we always feel like that. Like people feel like that about all kinds of things. Look like at people say, well, they're not going to have children until, you know, until every, all their ducks are in a row, so to speak, or they're not going to do this or that. And they're not going to start, you know, giving more until they, you know, have more, but start, what can you do to start right now? Yeah. Okay. Even if I, I know that particular feeling of not feeling like you have enough to to give to somebody else. I know that oh, feeling really well. Yeah. And, and it's a rough feeling. I didn't climb out of that one by instantly starting to go give to people that, because that, that just wouldn't have worked with me. I got there eventually. And the way I got there was by working in other ways on how can I make myself feel better? I mean, you gave me one of the best clues and you've told the story a number of times about how you did the, I feel rich thing. Mm -hmm. you, did, you know, a thousand, of, a thousand a day, I think for a week, something like that. And while I didn't do that particular one, I made a point from that point on to just find different ways to feel wealthy abundance, to just experience it. I, I started doing Dan Mangana's uh, money game book. Uh, I'm still in the middle of that one. I'm in the middle of the, the second phase of it. And, and I've, I've gotten some pretty cool stuff out of it too. But among other things, the best thing that I've gotten out of it is the experience of manifesting money out of thin air, which helps me feel wealthier. You know, so that's, there are lots of ways you can do it is my point. And, and yeah. really the most important thing is just doing some of them, whichever well, one feels I, the best. I think it goes back to the feeling yes. and, and something else that comes to mind that I just sort of had an aha moment about recently. And that is, um, you know, we are so, um, kind of programmed to think about trading time for money. Oh yes. Right. Oof. Like how much money per hour does someone make? Mm -hmm. And when we talk about a living wage, you know, it's a, it's a, it's an amount per hour mm -hmm. that we start talking about. And, or someone is asking, well, how much do you charge per hour? Oh yeah. And, you know, it's like, I, I had a client this morning, but yesterday I spent two hours working on her chart. Mm -hmm. Right. But she spent an hour with me today. Right. So I often tell people I don't charge by the hour. I schedule by the hour. <laughs> That's a good way I to describe it. For, I charge for expertise. Yeah. But I schedule by the hour. But something that hit me recently is that what's really valuable that I have is, you know, that it's my energy. Yes. My energy is at a premium. So when you sit with me and you're paying me, your, it's my energy that's here for you. That's what's so valuable. Yes. Right. And we don't think about it that way, but we're limited in how much energy we can expend. And so it's not always about time. Um, it's sometimes. Wouldn't that be, there, there's a great way to start the, the push that we've been both talking about, giving that person the push to kind of go over the edge and, and, you know, do something that they wouldn't normally have done because they know it would help make them more uh, financially abundant. And that is to simply start thinking about what is their energy worth? Yes. Right? What's and their time is worth? What's it? their energy worth? Right. And where are you putting it? Yeah. Like 
if your energy was literally, you know, gold, <laughs> right? Where would you be putting it? Like, yes. who do you give it to? Um, that's like really kind of mind blowing. It was for mm-hmm. me anyway. I, I don't know what, how, where that came from. I just had that thought one day and I was like, Oh, I man. love it. <laughs> I, I think it's fabulous. It's, it's energy. It's about energy. Yeah. That's right. Well, and what does it we say about money? Money is a form of energy. So it totally makes sense. Especially now. You know, especially, especially now. now. It's like just digital. It's just, you know, is it anything, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not. It's just a vibration at this point. So, yeah, definitely. I think that's a really cool thing to think about. I would like to yeah. brainstorm on that even more about how do we teach people to, you know, what can we put in place to teach people how to think about their energy that way? Is that the energy that they have? Yes, your expertise is important. Your skills are important. Your wisdom is important. Your hard physical work is important. All of that, your attitude, it's all valuable, but it's all also wrapped up in your energy. Yeah. So you, that's the value, the energy. And there's another thing that I want to bring in here that is really interesting. This comes out of the, uh, the Thai boot camp. It came out of the conversation from uh, last night's weekly boot camp meeting. Um, David Strickle, who of course runs the whole thing, um, was leading this particular session. And he told us that, uh, from the mastery program, that's a separate program for people who are already boot camp graduates, but who want to keep going with their growth. So it's like mm-hmm. the next level up the mastery program did a stream session where the, you know, the stream was giving them information. And he said, they're still trying to unpack the meaning of what the stream said here. But, and, and as soon as I heard it, I said, well, that's easy to unpack. I'm going to be curious to see what your take is on it. The stream said there is a, there's something that is a higher vibration than love. The thing that is a higher vibration than love is what was the exact wording? I want to make sure I get the wording right. It's not actual. What is it? It was, um, it meant genuine. I can't remember what the exact word was. I'll, I'll use genuine, genuine, genuine appreciation. Genuine appreciation is a higher vibration than love. And I instantly got why they said that it made total sense to me. I'm curious to know if you get this too, because what does the word appreciation mean to appreciate is to raise value in your mm-hmm. mind. Yeah. When we say, when we say that something we own has appreciated, we mean it's worth more now. Exactly. And, and true appreciation, authentic, that was the word they used. Authentic Authentic appreciation. appreciation. Yeah. Authentic appreciation in my mind is appreciation that never stops increasing. Wow. That's really profound. So of course, at some point it's going to exceed the vibration of love. Love is pretty much a, you know, a set vibrational level. Well, I love this idea though. I, I, I love this. I love this conversation that if we are genuinely, authentically, sincerely appreciating ourself. Yeah. Right. Then we, our value is increasing. That's right. Because we're appreciating when we appreciate someone else, our value and their value are increasing because of the vibration of appreciation. Because that's what appreciation means. So if we start increasing the value, then, you know, it's like you were talking about these workers that were, that are like, I'm, I'm not going to take it anymore. I realize I'm worth so much more. Mm-hmm. I'm worth more than this. I'm worth more respect. I'm worth more money. I'm worth more, you know, better working conditions. I'm, I'm worth more. Mm-hmm. So that. It comes with, like you said, which was brilliant catch that that was a result of them being appreciated by. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. So this is like, this is wild. It is wild. It's exciting. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know that one of the things that happens and we talk about this so much, but when I work with a client and we really start pointing that magic wand, really start narrowing that focus on self-love things change so much for them like things just and that's why they start appreciating literally they start becoming more valuable and what happens when when that when that appreciation happens is that your vibration changes and you begin to attract something different 
something that mirrors your value. But it's always well, the value that you see in yourself. Yes, yes, exactly. Right? As soon as you recognize it, and that's why I think that was such a big aha for me when I realized, especially as, you know, in a human design, a, a projector or an orchestrator, someone who has less energy because they don't have those motors, it was like, my energy is really valuable. It's at a premium. There's not a lot of it. And it, I, I had this great sense of appreciation for the energy that I could share, the energy yes. that I could, you know, put out there into the world. So I think we can do this with everyone is recognize that when you appreciate someone else, it's, it's all mirroring back to you. Exactly right. Because it's a vibration. It has to, it just yeah. bounces around. It's it does. energy. So, Mm, I, I, want, I want to touch on one other thing too, within the few minutes we have left, because I think it's an important point. And, and even as I'm saying it, I, I'm seeing immediately how it can be turned around and turned into, oh my God, I have to be perfectionistic. And that's not what I'm no, meaning at all. No, so, no, I want, no, no, so I want, no, so I want to, no. I want to preface it that way, but true appreciation never stops. That's the authentic appreciation they're talking about. That the, the appreciation is constant. It can, it's continuous. It's kind of like an acceleration, but we human beings, because we have limited detention spans. I mean, we have limits in our lives. We deal in a limited world. That's what, what we're, we're experiencing. You know, we appreciate for, to a point and then we take our attention away because it's, we're giving it to something else. And then later on, perhaps we give more appreciation. And, and so it's not a continuous appreciation, which is not a bad thing. I mean, appreciation is great no matter when you're doing it. But the reason I'm pointing it out is I'm saying there's lots of room to appreciate. So we don't have to just stop with appreciating once. We can keep going back to it and we can keep going back to it again and again and again and again. And when you do that often enough, oh my God, like you said, the earth, the world, the universe just starts pouring all this stuff back to you just because you've been giving out so much appreciation. Well, so that's I, why I think this is so cool that collectively, this was a collective thing. That's right. Right. So collectively, and that's really magnified collectively these this segment of workers began the essential workers began to be appreciated collectively by the exactly, collective exactly yes and yes. so you know we're all connected we are all mirrors for one another that energy energy never stops like when it's kind of like if you stand on a mountain and shout a word out the word it, at some point you're not hearing it anymore but it's still out there right the vibration mm -hmm. is still going Very so cool. appreciation you know keeps going and it it's does. not about perfection perfection right. is not about anything being perfect perfection is about feeling safe and if your value is intrinsic because you are a human being then it's never going to rest on anything being perfect i'm not perfect no one's perfect there's no perfection or like one of my mentors bruce schneider said he wrote a book called relax you're already perfect that's mm. a, a nice way to look at it right mm -hmm. You're in the right place at the right time doing the right thing. It's not about getting perfect. Uh, it's about being who you are. It's about it's being authentic. <laughs> and, and it's also about recognizing why it is so important to keep being appreciative. Because yeah. the more that we're appreciative, it, it truly is a cumulative. It's almost like an acceleration. The more it, it's kind of like, like putting your, your foot on the gas. And if you keep holding it in the accelerated position, the car keeps going faster and faster and faster and faster and faster until finally it reaches the point where the, the impulse is, is matched by, you know, how much resistance there is. And it, it can't go any faster, but still it, the, that acceleration, it theoretically is continuous forever. There's really, the only thing that's going to stop it is going to be our resistances. So that's why it's so good to keep applying it. You know what's cool is that we've talked about this a lot, and for the most part, it is very hard to jump from the bottom of the emotional scale to the top. True. Right? Yeah. Because there's so much in between, and sometimes yeah. when we're at the very bottom, we just don't have the energy. We just don't have – we're depleted. We, it's very hard. And when you're down there, it's very hard to see your way out of it. But one thing that you can do that does put your energy much, much higher is just – Look around and just find one thing to appreciate yes. a little bit. Yes. It might be a color. And it, <laughs> it seems worthless by the way. You've got a roof and it's pouring rain and you're not getting wet, you know, or you've got a poncho, whatever. I mean, just something, one thing. 
doesn't that have to take you because that's, if, if genuine appreciation, sincere appreciation is at the top, the very top. It is. Then if you're at the very bottom, just doing that one thing, it has to move the needle. <laughs> and, and it's so odd because when you're in that place, it feels like expressing one little piece of appreciation isn't going to do anything. And it's not even going to be real anyway, because I'm not really feeling it. And it's not true. It's not true. Just do, even though it doesn't feel like it's going to do anything, if you just do it anyway, it actually feeds back to you. Yep. That's awesome. Really I'm wild. excited. I'm excited by this conversation. <laughs> Me too. This has been great. I've been loving it. So the only bad part is that it had to come to an end because we're done with the hour, but uh, that's all right. We'll save from, some for next week and we'll, we'll see what Jackie has to say about it. That'll be really fun. Yes. Anyway, thank you very much. Thank you uh, to our podcast listeners everywhere. We will see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everyone.